Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Fellas, I'm ready to get up and do my thing. I want to get into it, man, you know. Like a, like a sex machine, man. Moving, doing it, you know. Can I count it off? One, two, three, four. From the gun, here's Ritter. Desmond looks right, slips it to Algier. He'll catch it and fall into the end zone for the Atlanta touchdown. Corderman was trying to make the play, but Tyler Algier takes the quick, sharp throw from Ritter for the Atlanta touchdown. Stay on the scene. Sportsradio929thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg on this Sunday morning, 28th day of August. Good morning, Georgia. Morning. And a good morning to you folks in Fayetteville. Oh, in Fayetteville. In Fayetteville. Home of the uh, Tigers. And a big old movie studio. Is it Fayetteville? Is it Peachtree City? Or well, that's two different places. Peachtree City has got Falcon Airport, which they use for projects and promotion. Right. But they use the the airport there and the hangars. I think it's Fayetteville where, where True uh, Trilith is, Trilith or Truth or whatever. I always get that. I have a hard time saying that. Okay, but that's where we did Spider Man. Okay, what is nineteen studio sound stages out it there? It is. It is. It, ma- seems it, is, like. it is massive. It is massive. I was there about a month ago. So yeah, it is that. So you heard the sound, Ritter doing his thing, Falcons, they get the win. We may not hear that much this season, so let's you know, enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm L- really enjoying enjoy it. Enjoy it today. I'm, enjoy, I'm enjoying what I've seen from him. We talked to D-Led yesterday. He actually threw roses at him. So that was that was nice. I, I'm looking forward to it. You know, he's got these guys, D-Led that is, put them vying for third, fighting, fighting the Panthers for third place in this division. Okay. That was according to D-Led. Got, got the you-know-who, top of the division. Got the Saints. He's feeling better about the Saints. But, you know, the Falcons doing what they're doing, looking completely different than what we've seen in the past offensively, and which is what I'm taking away from this preseason. But, you know, getting into this, how much do you show? How much do, do we know we're going to see? Feel confident we're going to see in this first game against New Orleans. Yeah. Well, I mean, you wanted to see more of Ritter, and yesterday you got a big dose of Ritter, and he looked like a guy who's you know you would draft and a, a rookie and fourteen of twenty one, one hundred eighty seven yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. That's not like a rookie quarterback. Yeah, uh, they get most of the time. We saw the tight end uh, get in and, and have a pass attempt. Uh, Felipe Franks, who would be your number three quarterback. He- <laughs> so so I mean we've seen everybody at, at least uh, have at least a pass attempt. But um, you got to see more of Ritter, and, uh, you know, it is a work in progress. It's going to continue to move forward, but we want to see more of him, and you got to see more of him yesterday. We are going to be talking with uh, Maria Martin from um, 11 Alive later on in the show about the Falcons. 
Going to talk to probably a couple of people who may have opinions about that. But, again, you just kind of hope that Arthur Smith saw what he needed to see in preseason, regardless of what we saw and our opinions about it, which is what we do here. But hopefully he saw what he needed to see. And all I say for me, the takeaway was this offense and the throwing game looked a whole lot crisper than it's been in the not-too-recent past. It's true. That's all I'm saying. And I'm good enough with that. Because you don't know, when we talk about this division, especially right off the rip there, for every touchdown that Jameis Winston throws, you figure there's going to be an interception somewhere in there too. At least you hope it. Yeah. You don't know if you're going to get 30 and 30 again, but this guy's apparently healthier. And, and listen, there's a lot of unknowns other than what's going on in Tampa Bay with this division. You don't know what's going on in Carolina. Darnold got hurt again, so who are they going to – are they going to reach out to Jimmy G? No, that ain't going to happen. No, they, they they're got, not going to reach they, out they to him. They got their starter. They got their starter. They got, they got Baker there. Right, they got but their starter. And who he's knows got something how long to prove, he's going to be there. He, But he's got something to prove. So I uh, expect him to go out. expect him to go out there and try to ball out is what I expect from him. He's in that situation, and he wants to be able to tell the folk up in Cleveland, see, I told you so. So, I mean, let's let – He's going to get a chance the first game. Let's see if he does. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> That's going to happen real quick. So you got that, and you just don't know what's going on with New Orleans. So there's a lot of unknowns in this division. So, again, they got the win. Everything's looking good. Two or three, uh, as far as preseason, everybody gets set for New Orleans. And hopefully we're going to talk to some of their folks. Thanks to Eric, he's going to line up some people over there with the team. This is normally when we talk about this past week for you, us. us and we didn't have you us, yesterday. We, yeah, was, How was, was your week? Was it all preparation for Friday night? And you know, we talked. It was a good bit of that, good bit of preparation for Friday night, and some preparation for last night that turned into this morning. <laughs> well, you um, should let everybody know what. Guess we left here yesterday. Eric was uh, was also finishing up some stuff. He had a talk about sparks coming off your heels. He was going someplace first, and then going um, to the Swack Me Act Challenge. Okay. He was headed out there. Okay, but he was headed so. That was your invitation to join us there, Eric, if you can. Sorry, sir. I was <laughs> doing some work. I was okay, heading straight, straight to uh, Mercedes-Benz for yeah. the Falcons, straight from then from Mercedes-Benz to Center Park Stadium. And you didn't have to go as fast because the game, you know, Center Park Stadium was delayed by yeah, weather. Yeah, I, the I first didn't know time. that, though, when I was leaving. Yeah, the, the, the first time. <laughs> how did they handle that, gentlemen? Or how, how was – I mean, they, you did what you had to do, right? You had to wait, obviously, for Mother Nature to finish what – Absolutely. Was going well, the Falcons on, but... didn't have that problem. It just closed the roof. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, but over at uh, Center Park, it was happening and before, while the teams were warming up. Right, because when we walked out of Mercedes-Benz Stadium, skies were still clear. Right. About maybe 20 minutes after, you know, uh, just as I was getting to my car, and I was like, oh, you got about a 10-minute drive. Oh, that's when the skies opened up. Yeah. And, <laughs> and before that, they, they found out that lightning was detected in the area. And you know how that goes. If lightning the li- is, yeah, you is see a that? certain proximity – um, they're going to clear the place. They're going to pull everybody off the field, and that's what they did. And then the rain came. I mean, we didn't see the rain until after they said, okay, lightning's in the area. Everybody stop. And you have different people who are making decisions. The stadium people are going to make decisions. You know, you got maybe NCAA folks going to make decisions. You know, also you broadcast, you know, ESPN, because this was their main line game. This was on ESPN 1. Right. This was not on ESPN 2 or ESPN – the Ocho or whatever that this was, you know, this game was was on ESPN one, and so uh, and they brought all the whistles and bells. They had Sky Cam. I mean, I'm, really? looking, I'm okay. like, man, well, we got PlayStation Cam here tonight. That thing was zipping back and forth across. I was like, and, and and the guys were in 
the booth beside me, I was doing public address announcement. I was PA announcer for it. So in the booth is usually, you know, used by the Georgia State, Georgia State Radio Network, and we will hear from Dave Cohen a little later on this morning. Uh, the people who inhabited that were the people who were working Sky Camp. And they right. were all frustrated because they couldn't play with their toy you know, because of the lightning and whatnot. They had to put a cover on it. You know, they, the, the people who do that, I imagine, you know, they get a big kick out of it because everybody notices them. Right. You know, people, have, it's become this view that we uh, look forward to at sporting events, and they're the guys who are running the show. And they just sat there with their arms folded like, we can't play with our toy. You know, but we, you know, we, but, but but we're still getting paid. Well, we're well that's what I was. Paid. That's what I was going to get to. Think about like when you first started in this business doing television, or you've been out to events, Eric, where you you're part of the broadcast team, and depending on the budget, whether it's a local network or you know, or a four letter network or whatever. Well, I was going to compare them to them. This is standard operating procedure. This is this is standard equipment for them. But a lot of what you're watching now, what you guys will see when you go out to stadiums, you get in the booths, is the pivot that was made by everybody during the pandemic. And the new bells and whistles, as you said, that eh, well, some places, you know, some teams had them or some some networks used them. But now it's like, like I said, standard equipment. Well, when, it, is. When, well, for, well it is. For ESPN. For a primetime game right. on ESPN, the last night's Me x Challenge was a primetime game on ESPN, so they brought – what you expect to see used on a primetime right. game. Now, next week it'll be who knows where at some, you know, big power five conference, you know, big-time season opener. Well, you know what? This time next week it might be up the street and around the corner at Mercedes-Benz. Yep. It'll probably be there for the Georgia-Oregon uh, game. But last night <laughs> it was there for Alabama State and Howard. So so it really don't even have to leave town. They can just, you know, just put it in the storage unit for five or six days. Yeah. Or keep it on the truck wherever Take they can. Take it someplace and clean it up. Uh, keep yeah, it on you the truck. Dry, dry it out, though. It you got to dry it, it out. It, it got kind of wet last night. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. We're talking about Falcons. want to remind you, you can listen to every Falcons game, along with all the music and news that Atlanta needs right here on your Odyssey app. We are just getting started on this uh, Sunday morning. We'll let you know. You mentioned Dave Cohen. He's going to be joining us. But on the heels, the U.S. Open. There has been some news. But regardless, when we get ready for a major event in tennis, we talk to Karen Pastena. She's been there all week. She's She's been there all week. And the the official tournament doesn't start until tomorrow. But Karen has been uh, at the uh, Billie Jean King National Tennis Center all last week watching the qualifying rounds. Uh, different interviews, uh, the practice sessions. She's taking it all in this time, so we can't wait to speak to her. And I'm going to present to her my thoughts on what we discussed a week or so ago about the legacy of the, of the Williams sisters. What should happen? What name? What street named after? Whatever it is. And then we talked about the facility in L.A. Get her thoughts on that. Also, Dave Cohen mentioned him. He's going to come up in the 7 o'clock hour. Maria Martin's going to join us in 11 o'clock and 8 o'clock. I got all turned around. Yesterday, Eric and I started an hour later. And it was like we didn't set the clocks back. Oh, no. And it was all, was all discombobulated all day. I was saying, you know, 820, and it was really 920. And, oh, yeah, yeah. So Maria's going to join us at 820 today. Maria Martin from 11 Alive, talk more Falcons. And then Joe Patrick, who wears three hats, multiple hats. Don't know which two we're going to use, but obviously we bring him on to get us ready for Atlanta United as they get ready to take on D.C. United. This is, this is a um, – I don't know, is it fair to say this is kind of like their last chance to really make some noise and get to solidify a spot in the playoffs? It's a, it, it's a team that has struggled um, 
D.C. United has struggled lately. So this is an opportunity for three points. That's the most I'm going to say. Yeah, the, yeah, the, uh, the, um, the playoff hopes are, are fading, but there's still time. But there's not a lot of room for error. And this is a team today that they need to get a win against. They need three points, not a draw. So we are going to talk to him. Uh, Eric, you had some stuff left over from yesterday, too. I'm not asking you to do it now. But when we were doing the, the, the cities, and yesterday I hit a couple, and you were like, oh, I get we didn't have time for you to elaborate. Since we mentioned, like, Snellville. And he said Sam's going to be real upset that you mentioned Snellville when he ain't here. Because there was some snow. I don't know. That's what he said. Just because it's everybody. And, and, North, it, Deca- it, it, and it's, North Decatur. It's where everybody's somebody. Yeah. And, and North Decatur, too. So your name came up quite regularly yesterday. The people, the feedback that we got about the DJ Shockley um, interview that you guys did in school days, we are going to replay that at 7. But the feedback we got yesterday was was just over the top. Everybody loved it. They loved last week with Jamal Lewis. And this week, uh, can you say it's a signature feature of the uh, high school scoreboard show? We believe we believe it is. We, uh, like, we like to think there's something because, well, like we always say, once people achieve things beyond high school, people kind of forget about those type of things, or nobody asks them about them. Right. And it was refreshing with Shockley to uh, to talk with him and have him talk about playing for his dad, and so you know, uh, and what that was like for him. You know, we always say about some coaches. Try to flip the switch and not be coach when you're at home. Right. And coach Shockley was still coach at home. And he <laughs> and, ta- yeah, he did. He did. You know, he, and and uh, an awful lot of talent that came from that Clayton County area during that time. Some some guys who really uh, achieved the game at the highest level. But it was good to talk with him about it at that level, the high school level. So, again, if you don't know, every Friday night, 7 o'clock, the high school scoreboard show, HSSS, if you will, the signature feature, school days. We replay it on Saturday mornings. If you missed it Friday and Saturday, we're going to give it to you again. Top of this hour. We're going to talk Braves next, though. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. Jansen's first pitch. Big chopper. Softly hit. This game is tied. Swanson has to eat it. And we're even at five. Sports Radio 929thegame929thegame.com. Sam and Greg on this Sunday morning. Thank you for letting us be a part of your, your Sunday morning. I, I Listen, I have given you and said publicly my thoughts on Kenley Jansen and, and what the, the, the high wire act that is to me his pitching style and has been since he was with the Dodgers. And last night, listen, I, I ain't going to hang my hat on every time he performs. Yes, he shut it down last time I saw him, but it just last night, when he's like the little girl with the curl, as they say. When he's good, he's very, very good. When he's bad, he is horrid. And that's what we saw last night. You just hope that doesn't happen end, end of September. Well, well, it, well, well, it hasn't happened a lot. It hasn't happened a lot. And uh, it did happen last night, also against a division-leading team. Uh, so it's not like he did it against the Marlins or against the Pirates or somebody like that. He did it in a – and it's a pressure-packed situation. I mean, that's nothing like a game like this between the Cardinals and another team that's contending in St. Louis. That's a very special atmosphere. 
but he's been there before, that's so you expect why that, him to handle it. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, that's the thing. But, I mean, it shows that he's human. It can happen. But as long as, it's, as, long as it doesn't happen continually. Sam, I, I mean, think you should, should maybe go deeper into what you're saying. You say it doesn't happen a lot. He plays with flyer, fire all the time. He always well, yeah. gets guys on base. Right, right. But usually he finds a way to he still a way close to work out. But the thing is this. I think what Greg is saying is, why get the guys on base? He Thank frustrates you. you every time. He makes it interesting. He never has a just, clean slate. I don't even use interesting. Okay, all right. Makes we, it we, nail we, yeah, we, yeah. We, we had yeah, exactly. a guy here last year that did that in Will Smith. And we end up, you know. Shipping him away. But but we but yeah, but we ended up riding the, the buses and the fire trucks down Peachtree Street with but, him. But why have to you take your blood I mean? pressure medicine? But, 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 you know? Take it. Bring bring it with you. Take it. Because you make sure you take I, it every day before I, he pitches. Yeah. In the end, we had the fire trucks and the bus going real fast down Peachtree Street. But in the end, we, yeah, we yeah. Had, if you, we, you went to the bathroom, you missed it. <laughs> we had him going down Peachtree Street with that guy. Yes, you did. That's all I'm saying. But he's gone. Okay, he's, he's gone. gone. Okay, so it doesn't somebody matter else what is doing kind of the same thing. You went after this dude because he's supposed to be elite. You went after him because he's one of the top closers allegedly in this sport. And forget about the guy who was there, who, who was part of the parade you're talking about. That was great. That was also a team well, I effort. I it a motorcade. Well, it was call more, it more like more like what, what do they call it? Day before the day or the week before the Daytona 500 time trials. That's what it was. <laughs> it was time trials. But Kenley Jansen is supposed to be that stopper. And the last few years, as Eric just noted, he makes it as he put it interesting. I call it something else. I just feel like that as everything comes together on this team, the the everyday players. This is the one concern I have. He might be considered still one of the top players, but this was like this is a Raldos Chapman. This is there's there's a guy in, in Gregory Soto for the uh, the Tigers. I watch all the time. These guys, and he was an All Star this year, but yet, you know, walk one, walk two, wild pitch three. It, it it's maddening. Now he may go out and shut it down the next few times he gets a chance to to pitch, but that last night just kind of. It left a bad taste in my mouth, especially, especially as we continue to try to make up ground with Mets. You do, because now the lead lead is back to three games. Yeah. Uh, It's back to three games. It is maddening. But with everything else, here's one of the things that we talked about yesterday, uh, and get your thoughts on this. As Vaughn Grissom continues to be this, this, this special rookie that we have, and you don't know how long this is going to continue. You don't know what the adjustments he's going to make as pitchers make their adjustments to him. Right. But you got Ozzy coming back. Okay. And he's not going to be ready right out of the chute no. to be cover the ground that he covers at second base. Do you want to see a platoon situation? Are you cool with that? Are you cool with having Grissom as a DH when Ozzy does play in the field? Because yeah. we, we, we got William Contreras right there, by the way, this catcher, who's right. killing it. In that DH position, a lot of good things right. for Snicker to work on and 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 to have at his disposal. We got choices. We got He's choices. Absolutely got choices. Yeah, that's why that situation with that last pitcher is maddening, because you go through all that and then, <sighs> now that's 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 one of those gut punches that that's gonna stay with you for a minute. It, it really will, is. unless you go out and and uh, and and correct that by getting a win in the game today. So so that's that's the next thing you want to do. You go out and get a win and try to close out this series with a win. It'll be an interesting pitching matchup, too. You got Adam Wainwright, originally a Brave years ago, 
who just keeps on going. When was he a Brave? What, 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 oh, man. Oh, gosh. It was, I, I think it was originally drafted by the Braves. Yeah, that was early 2000s. Yeah. I mean, that, that's because he's, he's been out there in St. Louis a long time. I was going to say, I couldn't even remember him being here. Yeah, yeah. 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 He was drafted uh, probably in the early 2000s, probably came up in like three or four. And I mean, he's been in the game 15, 16 years. Yeah. Well, that I knew. I thought yeah. it was all with, yeah. with, with, with St. Louis. Yeah, no, no, he was, no, he was, no. He was a Brave. Yeah, yeah. And in the beginning with, with Atlanta and Jake Odorizzi who got a better start the last time because a lot of people were looking at him, talking about somebody that was looking at like, what we get this guy for? Um, and, and he had a, a better outing last time. He is going to start uh, for the Braves in this game. Let's see if we can win the series. You know, two out of three is still the thing uh, you want to aim for. Uh, also, uh, keeping an eye out for things with Jackson Stevens. I mean, the seven-day concussion list. Uh, that's a guy, you know, that's been doing some <laughs> consistent thing for guy us. Caught. As far as, yep. As far as, uh, as, as the bullpen, that's someone that you found pretty reliable to play a role there that's on the sideline for a little bit. Well, there was some good news last night. We talked about Contreras um, doing what he has been doing as far as at the plate, but the other catcher provided a highlight last night. Well, this is really rifled out to right center field. You want to talk some oppo power. Travis Darno's 14th of the year is a three-run blast. Yeah, that was nice. I'm telling you, when he hits one, <laughs> he, 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 he has unique power. You don't see it all the time, but you do see it from time to time. And that was one of those shots last night. What do you think about that place? Have you ever been to St. Louis? I mean, to yes. uh, Bush Stadium? Yes. I haven't have been to this incarnation of it. I went to the previous, the one prior oh, okay. to this one. Um, but uh, but nice. It's a special place. Him? It's a special place for baseball. Um, the fan show. It is a baseball town. I was gonna say it, yeah, you got other sports there, and they all have their niche. I mean, the football came and went. Um, hockey a couple you know, times. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, hockey has their. You know, they they got their their fans that come out and really get behind them. But St. Louis is a baseball town. Yes, and uh, it's nothing like them playing against another team that's a division leader or a contender. To bring the folks out and get behind them, it is really, really, and it's you know what? It's that part of the country that's the extreme weather zone. In the you, summertime, you're it's preaching extremely the required here. You know, in the wintertime, it is freezing. Uh, yeah, it is. That, that, so uh, you said say, hot. It ain't it, that doesn't describe it. It's what you experienced growing up in Alabama, where you came with that phrase, "fish grease hot." But it's a different kind of heat because it sits right there on yep. that on that river. Yep, it's right there, oh. in the middle, right in the middle, and. In the days of the turf, when they had turf yeah. there, people would always remember they would go and set a, a, a thermometer on the field, and, get, yep. and you see those little waves coming up off of it. <laughs> and they had to go out there and play on that. Ozzie Smith them had to go out there and play on that stuff, man. Uh, so that's that's what I think about when I think about St. Louis. The other thing I was gonna I was gonna say is, um, are you surprised? Well, actually, I don't know. I don't know what to think about the fact that when we have been out there, meaning the Braves. I can't remember ever having seen any sort of, not necessarily tribute, but acknowledgement when Brian Jordan comes to town. I think they do. I yeah, haven't. They, they I haven't seen it. I, I mean, would he, hope he, they would. I mean, yeah, he he goes back from uh, from time to time for some different events. Uh, he does, so he stays plugged in. I mean, of course, we see him all the time because he's on our on on that broadcast on Valley Sports. But um, from time to time, he does go back because that's the team that he came up with. That's what, Not only that. That's, that's the team that he was playing in their farm system while playing 
for the Falcons. But for the Falcons. Right. But not mm-hmm. only that, he's remembered for starting one of the one of the biggest trends. Now, mind you, it was associated with Mark McGuire, but it was them two that did that, you know, that was it McGuire and and, and uh Canseco, Canseco did the arm, you know. Yep, the they, forearm. The forearm back and forth. Yep. But when when Brian Jordan was there, when he hit the home run, they come back and punch each other. Simulated punch yep. to the stomach. And that went on for the longest time, and that's what McGuire did. When we he, saw that with McGuire and Sosa when they were chasing. That's what I'm saying. The, 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 you know, that's what we saw. But Brian play. Jordan was the one. He said who started. He comes on here on a regular basis, by the way. Sam and Greg Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Brian Jordan, when we have a chance to talk to him, always calls himself the Rodney Dangerfield of two sport athletes. I don't would not. Well, well, that's not, what he says. Not in this town. Uh, not, not in this town. We, 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 we don't call him that because we saw him play, you know, for the Braves, and we saw him play for the Falcons. Uh, you know, early in his in his sports career, well, so. somebody should tell him that because he yeah. feels like he feels like he's the Rodney Dangerfield no, of two man. sport athletes. Remember that guy back there? He was he was a uh, he was knocking people out back there in that secondary, big time player. Speaking of baseball, happy 79th birthday to Lou Pinella. Wow, seventy nine. When did that happen? It, it it happened seventy over the last seventy nine years. The last seventy nine years, huh? How do you when you think of Lou Pinella, what kind of what kind of manager comes to mind? Fiery, just fiery. You you know you just that's the thing. A, a good manager, but just a guy that would just that was just him. I, you know, um, defend his players. You know, mm-hmm. he charge charge out of that that dugout big time. But just a fiery manager. Throw a base when he when when wind shifts. Oh yeah, oh, pick yeah, up a base man. and pick just up. throw it. So, so, so help me understand this. I've met him several times. Tall guy, yeah. real tall. Oh yeah, he's a big drinker. Okay, um, how did he get the name Sweet with the with the fire? Day? It's just, yeah. it's just you know, it was easy <laughs> to kind of put it there. Sweet, sweet Lou, Sweet Lou, Lou. Pinella. Yeah, you got yeah. two of them now, and 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 the other ones used to play second base for the Tigers. Yep. Whitaker. Yep. Whitaker. They called him Sweet Lou too. Sweet Lou. Yeah. It was a Sweet Lou. It's yeah. just that well, we that had one here in Atlanta too with the Hawks. Yeah. You know, you go get his wing, get his signature wings down the street. Oh, 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 yeah, he just left. Yeah, yeah. No, it's no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm talking about Lou Hudson. Oh, oh, oh. I think about Williams. Okay. <laughs> we'll still get his wings. Yeah, we'll get his wings. <laughs> was, uh, was Whitaker and Trammell the best double play duo of all time? I don't think so. No. But there are people who will argue that. That's, that's a big argument because, listen, the, the going back, how far back you want to go? Yeah, really. You, you know, know what I mean? Ways and, well, that rabbit hole there. That's, that's, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, of um, Sean Dunstan to Ryan Sandberg to Mark Grace. Sean Dunson had the strongest arm of any shortstop, period. So you call he it. threw like Nolan Ryan from short. So, but, but it's called duo. Why, why you why you put Grace in there? Well, I gave there. you the I gave you the, the double play combination. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. But okay. yeah, I like I like those two. Same. But then you got to go with. Uh, well, okay. Well, I was right. gonna say the, the big red machine, them boys, Concepcion and Joe Morgan. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I like the one that we had here during the nineties. You know, with, with, with Blazer and Lemke. I thought that they did a great job for the Braves team once again. The key to that team doing well was the defense up the middle of the field, yep. and that's a big part of it. That's baseball, though. There you you want to yeah. be strong up the middle. And oh, yeah. you, you talk about that team. It, it started at the pitcher's mound, too. Yep. Because you talk about – yesterday, Eric and I were talking about center fielders, and, and we got on Andrew Jones somehow, and, and then I said to him, and I say it again, when it comes to strictly defense, if I was putting together an all-time team and I got to use the DH – I'm not sure that I wouldn't put Griffey as the DH on that team and have Andrew Jones in center field. Because you look at the gold gloves during the times that both of them played, and Andrew ain't looking you know, up at many people. 
if at all. He's looking sideways at Griffey. Griffey was a more total package, obviously. But when it comes to feeling, you talk to all these pitchers who talk about the runs that he saved in center field. Dared you to hit it over his head. Dared you. That's how close. And it would make people nervous seeing him playing so quickly. Ain't a ball ever. I can think of two times went over his head. Yeah. I'm really, I can't think of two. <laughs> you know, but, but that's the thing. And that's why, you know, the center fielder that has come on with this team, you know, really set the course for this team to climb out of where it was and be, uh, you know, within a, a short range of the Mets and, and still get a chance, I think, to pull even with them and take it here in this next month. Is it still fair to say that tomorrow were you up in New York, that is your – you've already done it, so it's not bucket list, but it would be one of the, the sporting events that you would cherish. You'd have to choose between that and somewhere else, meaning that Monday uh, – at the U.S. Open? Oh, this is going to be special. Uh, this Monday is going to be special. I believe Serena Williams is going to play in the night matches, uh, one of the night matches tomorrow night. But just to be there on Monday because everybody's there. Nobody's lost yet. Yeah. You, nobody's <laughs> lost yet. And the events that go so, on there, right. too. A lot of the events go on. Like I said, I was at a pre-match event before the nighttime session, met Aretha Franklin, you know, at, at, you know, at the U.S. Open. We need So pictures. it's that kind of thing. It's that kind of thing uh, that take place in the – those type of folks were there before. Imagine the people who are going to be there tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Including somebody we're going to get ready to talk to. Well, that's the whole setup for this because we're going to get Karen Pistana. She is joining us next from Tennis Panorama. and Sam and Greg on this Sunday morning. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg. It's the 28th day of August. It's a Sunday morning. We can't thank you enough for making us a part of your day. All right, we are um, we gotta switch gears here because this is the beginning of one of those seminal moments in, in sports this year, because this is the beginning of what we have come to know for the last, I don't know, only 20 years or so, close to it, whereas a Williams sister heading into a um, a major, and, you know, you have the conversation back and forth about their chances of winning it. We don't know, but this is going to end here soon. And the appreciation of watching Serena and, by extension, Venus, who, by the way, they're both going to be playing doubles, got in on a wild card. Yeah. So them being there for this event ratches this event up a little bit more, and you didn't think it was possible to ratchet up the U.S. Open Commercial started for this thing a month ago with, with Queen Latifah. And, of course, you know, it's just it's one of those events that you look forward to. And a woman who has been out there all week long, and we talk to her every time we get ready to talk about a tennis major, is Karen Pastana from Tennis Panorama. Good morning, Karen. How are you? And thank you for getting up. Good morning. Good, good. Getting ready to calm before the storm, as it were. <laughs> yeah, we would say that. And you're more than ready for it. Before we get into tomorrow and tomorrow night and the tournament starting, what has this past week been like for you? Because you've been out there checking things out all week. Yes. Um, I've been all over the place in, uh, between Queens and Manhattan. Uh, the U.S. Open qualifying tournament uh, took place this week from uh, 16 spots 
go to qualifiers in the U.S. Open draw. And um, they've been, I mean, the, the, the qualifying this year was pretty amazing. So many fans turned out to watch it. And people don't realize it's free. So those of you in the New York City area know that the U.S. Open qualies are free. But, uh, yeah, also to a lot of events taking place. Um, I had a chance to talk to Carlos Alcaraz at a Babylon event, um, uh, talk to Naomi Osaka at the U.S. Open Media Day, all kinds of things. It's it's really a, such a party atmosphere in New York with U.S. Open about to start. I was wondering about that, Karen. Do all five boroughs, or at least Manhattan, um, promote this thing, and are there events going on, or is everything sort of concentrated up in Queens for this week's event? Well, no, there are other events in Manhattan. A lot of the, um, I would say, uh, tennis equipment manufacturers or the racket folks, the clothing folks, they'll have little gatherings or photo ops, as I, as I usually call them, in Manhattan. Most of those are in Manhattan. Some are in Queens, too. A uh, Babylon event that I went to was in Queens. Um, but, yeah, I would say pretty much just between Queens and Manhattan in terms of hype. The other boroughs, not so much. Yeah, and I, I know a lot of the, the hotels, are, are, you know, Manhattan, where a lot of the players stay um, in, in the Manhattan area. Folks who are spending time on WaitForIt.com hotline this morning with Karen Pistana. She is social, and you can find her on Twitter at Tennis News TPN, at Tennis News TPN. Uh, throughout this whole week, last week, even though it was the qualifying round, even though they were the warm-up events, the Arthur Ashe kids and everything, the, the 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 figure that hangs over it all, the backdrop of it all, you know, has to be Serena Williams and, and the Williams sisters. I thought about that in some of the things we're saying and some of the gestures uh, that you got a chance to see and, and witness. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Um, one thing that the U.S. Open does um, is that they advertise – the player practices. Serena's player practices have been, you know, people have been going to them. They've been they've been crowded when you're able to go see her practice on practice court one or in one of the stadiums, and people are just following her around. And she has put in the practice hours, so many hours each day, at least out there publicly, you know, in Queens. But, um, yeah, people are like, wow, it's the end of an era, end of an era. And, you know, well, we're going to see what happens. And Venus, of course, we don't know when, when she's going to leave. <laughs> I mean, she hasn't made any announcements about anything. So, And at least uh, playing doubles together, that will be fun for fans. Yeah, Venus is like Keenan Thompson from Saturday Night Live. She's just going to keep showing up every year. <laughs> and we don't, we don't know when she's going to go. Karen Pristain of Tennis Panorama. Joining Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. As you look at Serena and have watched her this last year or so, whatever barometer you want to use as far as this, this, this back nine of her career, compare her to some of the other all-time greats that you saw exit the stage. And is it comparable? Is she playing better? Is she not playing as good? Where, where would you put her? Compared to um, well, right in the last year, she's only played what is it four matches? I think she's one in three in the last twelve months. So you know, I mean, she's had a few little little injuries and whatnot. So it's tough to really talk about uh, her last year since she hasn't really played much. Um, you know, it, it's tough to say. It's tough to compare because also we had this pandemic. And that took a you know big chunk out of things, and 
it, it's tough for me to compare uh, Serena last couple of years with a pandemic going on and and you know not as many tournaments being played and she not playing that much. So you know it's tough for me to compare this to to anybody else. Yeah, and, and Serena's not like anybody else. We all know. That is so true. Talk about who she's going to face in the first round and and uh, and her area of the draw. Should she be successful in this first round match? Yeah, uh, well, right. Uh, Serena is in the top half of the draw, and she's playing the uh, world, uh, world number 80. And um, unfortunately for Serena, uh, well, they, she's, never, she's never played um, the woman she's going to be playing in the first round. Who is um, from um, uh, who is from uh, Montenegro? Uh, she, if she can get through that match, she'll probably, most likely, have to play the second seed of the tournament and cultivate. So that's a, that's kind of bad news for Serena. She, but she has to take it one match at a time. You know, I mean, I remember so many years ago when she played the Australian Open, coming in ranked at a hundred and forty something in the world that she kind of played her way into the tournament and then eventually won it. But, you know, it's not the same Serena back then as it is now. I want to switch to the men's side for just a second um, because I had to remember who was the defending champion. Medvedev won it last year. And, and having said that, is the story this year who's not there, meaning the number one player in the world, and don't get me started on him, or is it the fact... Oh, well, he's not number one in the world, Medvedev. Oh, oh that's right. Okay, so that's even better. <laughs> All right, that's even I know better. Everyone thinks that, but yeah, just think. Well, a year ago, we're looking at Djokovic going for the slam, the true calendar slam, and this year he's not here. Not yeah, there. I'm sure. Yep, not but, there. But because, you, ha- but you know, you- um, yeah, international international visitors to the U.S. have to be vaccinated, and so he can't just pop on in. <laughs> you know, he's, he doesn't want to be vaccinated, so that's that. But I'm sure there are a bunch of players who are relieved that he's not here, to be quite honest. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, I, and I was, Karen, I'm sorry, I, my point for getting that out is from what you have seen being on the ground there this week when talking about the men's side, is it about the fact that we could be watching something incredibly special with Nadal going for 23? This, yes. I mean, that's oh, yes. to me is the story. Because we've been we've oh, been living through true. we've been living through jokers, you know, back and forth with being vaccinated. Okay, well, fine, you got your stance. God bless you. And it happened in Australia and all this sort of stuff. But there is something special going on on the men's side with Nadal, and it shouldn't be slept on. Oh, this is true. This is true. I mean, he's had a little bit of a uh, injury over the summer, but don't discount him. I mean, there's so many people looking at the draw and predicting. Carlos Alcaraz, who is the third seed and everything, but Carlos could play Nadal in the semifinals if if it happens. And um, you know, even though uh, Nadal's coming in maybe a little bit injured or whatnot, don't discount his fight. You know, he's you know some people say if any uh, current player is playing, who do you want playing for your life? Well, I take Rafael Nadal. So yeah, don't discount him. He could make he could win and get to number twenty three. Wow, spending time on the waveport dot com outline this morning with Karen Persena, Tennis Panorama News, uh bringing us up to date with things with the US Open. Okay, uh we talked about some favorites, but who else are we watching? I really I wanna go back to the women's side. You say you spent some time and you, you got a chance to, to uh to be in an interview with Naomi Osaka. 
What do we expect for her for this week? And will this be a great time for her to regain the form that brought her to the top? This is a place that she plays well. Yeah, it is. She had two U.S. Open wins. Her first match, though, is against 19th seed Danielle Collins. So that's the big hurdle to start off with, and that's going to be tough for her. Um, and we don't know we don't know how positive she is mentally right now. She's, I think uh, yesterday when she was in media, she, she, you could tell she was kind of like apprehensive. And it's like, wow, you know, I'll go get through this first round type deal. And you're like, uh-oh. But then, hey, she could be relaxed because she's not seated. I mean, she doesn't, well, she always has pressure on her, yes, but she doesn't have the pressure of being a top seed at this point, although she's won four majors. But, you know, we'll see how she plays into this. And I'm sure Danielle Collins is not happy playing her in the first round, a two-time U.S. Open champion. So we'll see if she can play her herself back into the form she we have seen from her. I don't know if this is fair or not, because we got you bouncing back and forth between the men's side and the women's side. So I'm going to finish here up back on the men's side and just get your thoughts on the highest-ranked American, uh, Taylor Fitz, and his, Fritz, excuse me, and his opportunity yep. to, uh, to make some noise here. And uh, coming off of Wimbledon, Nick Carrios. He, you know, he set the world on oh, fire, yes. or Atlanta on fire here a little few, few weeks ago, but well, first, those two let me, names. Let me, let me start off with Taylor Fritz. His first-round opponent is Brandon Holt. Now, Taylor Fritz is the son of former top uh, uh, 20 player Kathy May. Brandon Holt is yeah. the son of Tracy Austin, who former number one yep. Hall of Fame. So you've got a battle of two, two guys who are playing each other whose mother has played each other back in the day. So that should be a fun match just to see it. Now, Brandon came, Brandon Holt came through the qualifying, but Taylor Fritz really shouldn't have much problem with him. <laughs> but, yeah, Taylor's got a great opportunity. And his serve on these hard courts, oh, anyway. And let me switch back to Nick Kyrgios. Look at you. <laughs> Nick Kyrgios, oh, he's starting off in a crazy way because he's playing, as Australians would say, his best mate, as in uh, Kokonakis. They're best friends. Mm-hmm. They won the Australian Open doubles title together. Yeah. In fact, I mean, he must have said, what the heck is going on? I'm playing my best friend in the first round. But he's in the top half of the draw, the Medvedev side, and close to Medvedev up there. So I give Kyrgios a, I give Kyrgios a chance at doing really well. This is a hard court. But with Kyrgios, he's got to keep his concentration. That's the thing with him, not let people distract him and or himself distract himself. Really? <laughs> Got a couple of Atlanta guys I want to ask you about, too. I mean, one is an Atlanta guy. One was born here. Uh, Christopher Eubanks, we're very, very proud of him. He played his way through qualifiers into the mm-hmm. main draw. And then Ben Shelton, uh, born here in Atlanta ben because Shelton. his dad uh, played at Georgia Tech. His dad was the women's coach at uh, Georgia Tech. Brian Shelton played on the tour. And uh, he decided that he is going to go pro and forgo, forgo the rest of his college playing time at the University of Florida. He got his first ATP win here in Atlanta and he looks like he's so ready for the moment. Oh, yes, he, he surely is. And um, I don't know if you guys know this, but he signed with uh, Team 8 as an agent, and that's Federer's uh, uh, agent. <laughs> so okay, all right. I guess he's in good hands with that. But, yeah, he's, he's been all over the grounds this, this past week. He's a big kid, I'll yeah. tell you that. Mm-hmm. See, watching him up close and um, – Oh yeah, and uh, and oh, I, I forgot who you mentioned the other, 
the other U.S. Oh. player. Oh, oh yes, uh, Chris Eubanks. Eubanks. Chris mm-hmm. Eubanks. Let me tell you, uh, during the week of qualies this past week, there were so many people out on court uh, cheering for him and encouraging him, and he was totally into it. Um, but, yeah, he, he's very enthusiastic. We'll see how he does. Yeah. Can't wait. We're jealous. You get to hang out there all week. We're just jealous. We, we, we're just jealous. We always are. Listen, you, you guys come up to the U.S. Open one year. Uh, Do your show from there. Sam, <laughs> Sam's been up there on the Monday. I don't know about hanging out there and jumping on the subway every day, but I got to do it once. It's on that, it's on that bucket list. We're uh, going to check back in with you next week, uh, halfway through this tournament, and get an update on whatever stories are going on there. Karen Pastana, Tennis Panorama, as always, we can't thank you enough for getting up this morning and joining us. As always, say hello to your husband for us, or at least for me. <laughs> He's out fishing, actually, but anyway. <laughs> oh, man, he's up early. Okay, well, yeah, that's all what right. he's been doing. All right. All right. Uh, anyway, Karen, thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Have all a good right. one. Coming up, 7 o'clock hour. If you missed it Friday night, if you missed it yesterday, a uh, special segment from the High School Scoreboard Show is called School Days. Sam and Chris Parker interview a very, very well-known football player, not because of what he did in college or what he did in the pros, but what he did here in the state of Georgia. Yesterday's, um, or excuse me, Friday night's interviewee was DJ Shockley. We're going to replay that interview for you next, if you missed it. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com, and take us with you on the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 